This episode is brought to you by the Inspire Collection by Kalia. Just because you're working out doesn't mean you shouldn't look fabulous. The Inspire Collection by Kalia was designed with both style and performance in mind. It looks good, feels good, and stays put no matter how you move. And the collection has everything you need for a day at the gym. A support bra, crop tanks, bike shorts, amazing leggings, and more. It's their most versatile collection yet. Shop the Inspire Collection by Kalia now, exclusively at Dick's Sporting Goods. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome. It's the Filmmakers Podcast. This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking, from indie film to studio films and everything in between. How to get them made, how to make them, and how to try not to F it up. In our very, very humble opinion, I am Giles Aldous, and I'm a writer, director, and producer, and that news I have for you about my feature film, The Dare, it's coming real soon. I, I personally can't drop it. I can't say what it is. It's just cool. It's actually moving forward with the film. And soon you'll be able to see it. Soon we'll be able to say what is going on. But finally, after, um, after what feels like a long time, uh, The Dare will be finally available for people to watch. Only in certain place um, for now, and then later on we'll hear more news. That's secret. Okay, I'm gonna. You'll find out this week. It's this week. It's. I think the main news is dropping, articles, etc. Uh, press. Who knows? Who knows? Either way, I'm super excited. All those who worked on it, uh, fair play for hanging in there so long. It is actually happening. You've probably forgotten about it. You probably thought, hang on, he keeps saying this film, The Dead, but I have no idea what he's talking about. Well, I'm delighted to say we do, we, we are moving forward. That's all I can say, I'm sorry. Uh, I thought it'd be announced by now. It's not, it's not, but it will be. Um, cool. So anyway, this week's podcast is with the fantastic Stephanie McBain. Uh, she's a writer and director, and she tells you all about how she made her debut feature film, Roads, Trees and Honeybees. Uh, it's a really wonderful indie film and she gives so much knowledge about how she did that and what she does in between, how she raised the finance. Uh, it's just really interesting for those indie filmmakers who have to do a full-time job, they have to work somewhere else and how you balance that and what she did to get her film made is inspiring. So, uh, yeah, we've got Make Your Film event is happening on the 9th of July um, tickets are already selling like hotcakes. I think we've sold out of all the early bird tickets, but uh, you can grab your ticket. July the 9th, our first guest announced is the fantastic James Kent, who made some amazing feature films with some amazing big people and recently some fantastic TV as well. So come join us July the 9th. Two more guests will be announced soon. Tickets for that. Uh, link is in the show notes. Can't wait to see their networking, and that's what it's all about for me. Uh, and I keep telling you this is turn up to these events, not just mine, others, because that's where you meet people. 
It really, really is. Uh, in fact, next week's podcast guest, uh, Lancaster Skies team is Chris Sadler. Uh, he met me at one of the Make Your Film events and he got in touch and now we are we're potentially working on something together but he introduced me to Lancaster Skies feature film team and they're on next week's podcast. So there you go. Networking does work. So get yourself down on July the 9th to the Make Your Film event which is sponsored by Performance Insurance. I have been with Performance for as long as I can remember, since I started to make promos and music vids, etc., etc. And if you're looking for a great insurance for filming your short or feature, then get in touch with them and say we sent you, and they will help you out. Performance insurance, whether you want long-term or short-term, and that's perfect. If you're doing a promo or a short film, or all year round, which is what I've got. Link to performance insurance is in the show notes. And our sponsor this week is ScreenCraft. Uh, so if you are writing a drama screenplay, you want to know about ScreenCraft's drama screenplay competition. It's open to feature film screenplays. And this year's industry jury includes executives from Fox Searchlight, Paramount and LBI Entertainment. So it's worth it. It really is. Uh, ScreenCraft's past winners have gone on to sign with major agencies and management companies. And they've been hired to write for studios and solve screenplays, producers around the world. So get your feature film screenplay to the 2019 ScreenCraft Drama Screenplay Competition by the final deadline this summer on August the 31st. You can learn more at ScreenCraft.org. So if you're writing your film now, you've got something to work towards. August the 31st is the deadline. Link to all that is in the show notes. Do click on the link. Do check them out. Find out what they're about. Um, because ScreenCraft is really great for screenwriters and producers looking for scripts and all sorts. Before we get to today's podcast with the fantastic Stephanie McBain, here's a few shout-outs for you, for those wonderful people who love to retweet, for those wonderful people who support, send me messages, and for those lovely people who do listen to the podcast week in, week out. We love you. Honestly, um, keep doing it, and you will make your film. You will, it will happen for you. Uh, so shout-outs this week go to John Cowdell, uh, Martin Neely, uh, Christian Parton, Victor Rios, Simeon Willis, Connor Buru, and Bad Movie Night. You guys rock. So don't forget, if you like this podcast, do share, subscribe, tell your friends, get the word out, because that's how it survives, that's how it grows. More people know about it, I can get bigger and better guests and then you can learn more as well. Saying that, today's guest is fantastic. Let's get to it. It is Stephanie McBain. You're going to learn. You're going to enjoy this. She's so cool. She joined me from a home in LA, I believe. Um, here we go. This is this week's Filmmakers Podcast with Stephanie McBain. Enjoy. It is my absolute delight to welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast, Stephanie McBain. Hello. Hello. Thank you so much for having me. Absolute pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Now, whereabouts are you right now in the world? Right now, I am in Los Angeles, California. It is June gloom, so yep. it's not too sunny, but uh, it's still a beautiful day. Do you think that it's a general thing that June is just a little bit shit with weather concerns? <laughs> I'm originally from Wisconsin, and usually June is just a beautiful month. Everybody gets married in June because it's so beautiful. So, but something about this year, it's just ah. crappy. <laughs> oh, okay. Well, because it's my birthday in June every year. Every year, obviously, because that's when my birthday is. <laughs> yeah, and every year when I say I'm going to have a garden party or, you know, have a barbecue, it always rains. It's like a joke. Oh, okay, we're going to have a barbecue. It's going to rain. So uh, maybe it's just more Aww. of a UK thing. We're hoping it's going to pick up because 
hey, we're filmmakers and we don't want it to rain all the time when that happens. We no, want it to we nice. want to be able to control the rain uh, when so we need it. We, it's so important. If only we could control the rain, wouldn't that be a delight? Um, so look, you, you're obviously over there in the wonderful part of the world. I moved out from Wisconsin to Los Angeles in 2010, in August of 2010. Okay. And then, you know, did a year in Hollywood because that's the thing to do. And I realized Hollywood is just so touristy and mm-hmm. trafficy. And um, so then I moved to Glendale for a year and a half. And then I finally made it comfortable in Los Feliz, which is a little bit outside. How was it then when you were there and you went there? And did you think things would open up, things would happen? Why, oh, yeah. why did you go there in the first place? I mean, I was so young when I first moved down here. It was like three days after I turned 18. And I don't know if you've been to Wisconsin, but Wisconsin is very, uh, it's kind of up by Canada. It's very great people, super nice. Like we actually, when we say hi to someone or how was your day, we want to know how your day was. Yeah, it's not an English thing. We actually care. Yes, I'm fine. (laughs) Thank you. Uh, In Wisconsin, do you generally go, oh, well, actually, I've had my legs hurting a little bit here. Uh, I've had a bit of a problem with my back for a while. I never go, do you actually Totally. Yeah. And then I'm like, I want to know why, you know, like, I'm sorry to hear that. Maybe we can help you out. Like, it's just good, great people and just a way different style of life. Mm. Um, then Los Angeles. So that was just like a culture shock in general. I was like, oh my God, people don't say hi when you cross them on the sidewalk. Yeah, <laughs> that. I was weird. Yeah, I guess you should try the tube in London. You'd be lucky. If someone does look at your smile, do you think there's a problem? You think they want something from you? Oh, like really? Pound? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It's only foreigners uh, or tourists that come and sort of go, hey, let's talk, or Yorkshire people, or, you know, someone outside of London. And suddenly it's. They they start talking. People find it really strange. So you must yeah. feel right at home when you come to Los Angeles because that's the culture out here. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It's fr- I like the friendliness. I prefer it. Yeah. It's very lonely when it's not like that. Especially as a filmmaker, it's that's why I loved Cannes so much or the film festivals because people are very open and people are there because they're filmmakers and they want to talk to you. And I think that's yeah. Nice. There is a really good community for that because there's just so many people out here who you know, want to make their dreams come true. And mm. whether you do that on a studio level or if you do that on an independent level or your path leads from independent to studio or whatnot, there's just a certain amount of collaboration and understanding. And you need good people around you with like-minded ideas or just, you know, people that know the struggle you're going through and know why you do what you do every day. It is a burning passion that you just can't see your life without creating art yeah and that's a great segue thank you how um why is it you do it then what was your journey why did you want to become a filmmaker in the first place well first I was an actress I really thought that that's that was going to be my path I came out here um I did a two-year um theater conservatory Mm. so then in 2012 I switched over to doing acting for film or, or the cinema department, and I took, you know, well, a little bit of editing. On, was it just something you felt that it wasn't working for you? Because I know you've you've acted in some of the stuff you've made, or you've certainly, you, your early stuff, you're like, yeah, no, I, I'm, I'm in those. Um, yeah. Was that the conscious choice early on to go, yeah, do you know what, I'm going to slightly move away from the acting? Um, I had been on a couple trips internationally and stuff, and just some life-changing events where... You know, to be an actor, you have you have to be very vulnerable. And a filmmaker in general, you're putting yourself out there. You're putting a piece of who you are into your art. Mm. Um, but 
as an actor being that vessel that, you know, takes in the information from the script and, and, and puts it out there. I just wasn't in a place where I wanted to continue that. And so I was just kind of thrown up in the world. And I was like, well, I have to do something like school's starting soon. I can't just sit in Los Angeles and do nothing. Like I got to work through things. And I ended up doing some cinema classes and you learn a little bit of script writing and a little bit of editing. They make you kind of just learn this well-rounded history of film. And uh, I took a directing class and I loved it. Mm-hmm. I was total like, I would say teacher's pet. I commented on everybody's performance. I always had wow. something to say. Great. Um, and after my final, you know, I talked to my teacher and I was like, I got, I, I want to be a director. I know this 100% now. Like it's never, nothing has ever felt more right. How do I do it? And he was like, well, you have to write and produce and direct something in order to get somebody to pay you to direct their thing. That's just how it works. It's the catch 22. Same thing in acting that you get. Mm-hmm. And um, that's what I did. I did a short film and uh, it went to festivals and it won at bare bones. I was nominated at GI film festival in Washington, DC for best female director. And then I was like, well, what's the next step and feature. <laughs> so I just took a leap, one short film and a feature film. And you learn a lot in a feature. Um, you know, you learn a lot in, in every project you do, but making that leap, I mean, this was an intense feature. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we I did think, a lot. I agree. I think it's because I've made a lot of shorts and a lot of promos and a lot of brand media before I made my first feature. And I felt even though I wanted to make a feature long before that, I, I was glad I had that behind me because it was like, OK, that was my learning curve. I learned on those. And when it came to mm-hmm. the feature, I was like, OK, I'm really ready now. So for your side of it, you made Embedded was your short, right, that you mm-hmm. made first. And let's talk about that first before we made the leap to, to the excellent feature film that you have made. Because I think that that's a really interesting journey for a lot of filmmakers listening out there right now is how how do you do it? How do you just go? Because I say it all the time is just go make your film, go do it, be proactive. And that's exactly what you've done, which is why I wanted to get on the podcast and talk to us and talk to our listeners about how you did it. So let's talk about the short first. What was it that made you want to to make this because you wrote it as well um you Mm -hmm. know talk a little bit about that and that process of actually going biting the bullet and going okay i'm just going to go direct something what i wrote about is a soldier coming back to the states getting back into civilian life and it was really told through the mom and the kids perspective because it's it affects the whole family so i just continued on the scene that i had originally written for that and wrote this script now i have it it's about 17 pages long, and now what do I do? <laughs> I, like, I have no idea. And I'm sitting at a happy hour, uh, yeah. having some margaritas with my friend uh, Elizabeth, and she was like, you know, I was just like let venting everything out. Like I was like, I it took a lot to get to this step, and now I don't know what to do, and this and that. And she's like, well, I'll produce it. And I was like, huh? <laughs> she's like, well, yeah, you know, I produce, I produce short films, you know. And I was like, no, I didn't know this because I knew her through acting. Wow. Okay. And and she's like, yeah, you know, like, let me read it. Her mom was in the military as well. So she moved around with her mom when they were younger. And so it just was kind of a perfect fit. She liked the topic. She liked the script. And, you know, now we now we have a plan and now we need money. So Absolutely. Well, it sounds like you landed on your feet 
wonderfully. You're sort of just there, you know, having your happy hour cocktails and suddenly, you, <laughs> yeah. like, oh, I'm just, oh, I need someone to make this film with me. Well, I'll do it. Really? I love that. It's I really like that nice. that's how life works out sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, it's just, most of the things out there people just don't know about. So, yeah. you know, people don't know that that was a side of my life, you know, and I didn't know that that was a side of her life. So it's just opening up that communication. You just never mm. know. I love, that's why I like the side note. I love talking to people on planes. I'm the person that sits on the Are middle you? seat. Because ah, <laughs> I'm going, I really want to watch this movie. This is a chance for me to watch movies in a row. <laughs> you're that person oh, no. going, let's have a chat about life. But then you're very interesting. So that would Thank also you. kind of be interesting <laughs> well, to sit and chat. I also can talk. I, I do it before takeoff. I talk to the people on the right and left of me. And if they're totally not... Yeah, you can gauge it. I'll just yeah. go to sleep. Like I will, uh, you know, gauge them. But if sure. not, we'll just talk all, all, all flight long. Makes the time go by quicker. And you, I meet really interesting people. Yeah, yeah, you know? so true. You meet because they come from different walks of life. And as a filmmaker, you're actually looking at inspiration. And if you meet mm-hmm. someone who's come from, you know, a, a long line of firemen, and they've got this story. You go, well, hang on. That- that could be a film. I mean, it's, maybe Absolutely. it's, you know, we shouldn't be thinking that way. Or maybe we should be thinking that way, but uh, I don't know how right or wrong it is. But okay. I so mean, you're... everybody has a story and you can tell it and tweak it and, you know, mm-hmm. yeah. put yourself. But yeah, I was, sorry, I was in time. I was sitting uh, there. Now I was like, well, I need money. So I, I, um, I worked, you know, two jobs like every filmmaker trying to get their stuff off the ground. I worked in customer service, which also helps you get more stories and learn about people and just opens up a dialogue with, you might talk to people that you never would have talked to before, but because you're in that customer service hospitality place, you just start conversating. Exactly. (laughs) You're paid to. (laughs) (laughs) Right. That's, that's true. Um, (laughs) But I, I was like, so I set up a, a a GoFundMe account and then Mm. because it was military, we could go through an organization that did it kind of like as a charity. Oh, clever. Um, Yep. Good. And tried to open up those doors. I hate asking people for money. I'm somebody who's worked since I was 10 years old. Like, you yeah. just work for what you want. So it's so disheartening. And, you know, we're all, all my friends out here, we're kind of in the same boat. We all are artistic. We all have projects we want funded. So mm-hmm. I get it. But I I, I got, like, n- n- almost no money from it. Like, people back home, like, my mom's friends and stuff would throw money at, like, 20 bucks here, 100 bucks there, things like that. And I'm grateful for Every single dollar that they gave. That's very nice. But what ended up happening was my my mom ended up giving me the money that I needed to do it. My mom wow. and my stepdad investing that in me. And I was like, no, no, I can't take it, you know. But mm. they're your parents. And at the end of the day, they if want, they can do it, they will do, they will do, it, do it. it. Okay. So your parents then said, cool, we'll help you out. We'll help you make your short film embedded. Uh, how was the shoot yeah. of that then? How did you go around... How did you get your crew, if it's your first one, you know? Elizabeth did most of the crew, um, pretty much everybody of the crew, and getting our lights and everything. You know, I'd never done that. I have never, other than my school environment. But um, I actually casted everybody. Um, I love casting. I love holding casting. So even Mm -hmm. in the next projects that I've done, we hire a casting director for like the lead roles to maybe get to people that we might not be able to reach. And then I usually cast the other ones. I just love it. You know, there's a certain moment when you see that it's the right person or that the person walks in and you're just like, Oh my God, like that's them. You know, uh, you have to have a backup just in case, but there's a moment when you realize like that's, 
the actor that I need for this role. He is that character or she is that character. And uh, I like that. You wait around all day auditioning people just for that one moment. And it's so worth it. What is it you look for then in the cast room? Like someone walks in. What is it that an actor? an actor should do when they come into a casting what makes them stand out what in your mind as a director do you look for when i was an actor i didn't understand the behind the scenes of what goes into a casting session then when i switched Mm. over everything kind of clicked for me and one thing i realized and i think it's the truth even though sometimes uh it's probably not the most well-lit thing is that uh you can be an amazing actor and just not be right for the role for whatever reason, we've yeah. already cast mom, you're yep. the kid, you don't look like, I mean, something like that. It's mm. like kind of ridiculous, but that is what you sign up to do as an actor. And every actor knows when you do get the performance, when you do get the chance to be on the set, you it's like worth it, right? Yes. <laughs> uh, everything that you've had to go through. So I guess for me, you know, people put a lot into training and, and uh, you know, taking casting director workshops, acting classes, things like that. I think that those are important to establish a groundwork and the basis for acting, how you can pull from your own experiences, how you can be vulnerable with yourself and put that into a role scene study uh, so you can work with other actors because it is a collaborative business. I think that those are all great skills to have. Mm. But to me, they're not deal breakers. If, If you walk into the room and you are you know, right for it. You're right for it. My, um, I'll, I'll give you an example with Rhodes, Trees, and Honeybees. You know, Donald Clark Jr., he plays Connor in the film. Mm-hmm. He he walked in, and he was originally brought in to read for a different role. And the second he walked in, I was like, oh, you're reading for Connor. And he's like, no, you guys have me coming in for David or whatever. Ah. And I was like, oh, no, you, you, have, you have to read for Connor, just off of his appearance alone. Yes. So we gave him the sides. He did the cold read. I was like, this guy is great. I looked down and, you know, his headshot is not necessarily the most professional. Um, (laughs) His resume is not even stapled to the headshot. It's just kind of there. It's not trimmed. You know, there's certain standards that if you've Mm. been in into the industry for a while, it's just it is what it is. And then I turned around on the back. He had like one short film, a couple of classes, and he looked so young. I was like, can you? are you old enough to drink? Like I had to ask, you know, like, are you? And he's like, yeah, I am. I am. And, um, you know, none of those things mattered, uh, because he was so right for the role. And, mm. you know, we experienced certain learning curves on set because of the lack of film experience. Cause you know, theater actors, you do which you can in the moment, you have to follow certain things, but if you feel the inspiration, sometimes we just go with it. And, you know, film, once you have that wide shot, you kind of got to follow suit uh, for the editors. Otherwise, you're going to drive them crazy. So there was like a learning curve for him on our feature film. But I was going through a learning curve as well, being a first-time feature director. So to me, to some people, those might be deal breakers, not having the experience and nothing. For me, it's very much an impulse, like intuition. If I see you and you're right, you know, that's it. My um, my training for acting, because I'm more of an actor's director, kind of can come in and uh, I feel like I can, I'm really good at getting a a great performance or the performance I'm, I'm looking for from my actors 
I, my technique and my special, I specialize in like a vocal technique. It's not what you say. It's how you say it. And, Mm -hmm. um, I like to play with that with our actors a little bit, very much listening to how they're develop, uh, delivering a line. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. 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 Do you like to improvise? There's hope for everybody. Do you improvise in the casting room? Oh, uh, yeah. There's certain times that improv is okay to do in a casting room and then certain times where it's not. I feel like when I'm doing more roles that are fun and lighthearted, I totally don't mind an actor doing some improv. If it's a serious piece and they're ad-libbing a bunch of stuff, I'm kind of like, huh, okay. Mm. So... But that could be a preference, you know. It's that's the thing about this business; it's different for everybody. There's uh, no right or wrong way of doing it. You just that's do it so your true. way. Yeah, you find your own path, don't you? You find your own way into it and what works. Mm-hmm. So, how was it then? Okay, so you've, you've cast the film. Uh, you, you've got your wonderful producer Elizabeth Anderson. Um, yeah. Sort of doing all the groundwork for you and helping you get it made. How was that first day on set? Then, when you're actually directing for the first first time and you've got your shot set up and you've got your your DOP Bentley Hibbard there going right what do you want well Bentley's an amazing DP and he uh came from Second City I believe so he Mm. really helped us out he helped me out he's very calming presence he he knew it was my first time around he's very willing to take the patience for me we shot for three days the first day is so embarrassing because we had four locations well the first day um one of our actors that we had cast gave us a call. He was supposed to be on set and he was like, Oh, I have a meeting with Warner brothers, so I can't come. Uh, What? And I was like, (gasps) what? I was like, are you kidding me right now? So don't care. We're on set, ready to shoot with you. What? Yeah. And that was like through a curveball. We were like setting up lighting. We were shooting upstairs. So we moved a couch out of a room and we were, it was was just so much. And, and uh, what happened was, we ended up getting our, our lead actor, Tyler White. He knew a guy in uh, his acting class, and he brought them on. So wow. that's who you get as playing Thomas. Um, so you technically fired someone. And he did a great someone. job. <laughs> on your first yeah, day. Yeah, I mean, I guess, yeah. I was I was like, we can't really wait for you, because he's like, I don't know what time it's going to be at, and we're coming from one day. Now I get it. Warner Brothers is giving you an opportunity, so who's to say I wouldn't make the same decision? I don't know. I've never been given that offer. <laughs> but, wow. Um, wow. We filmed... he, did he get cast? Did he get the role for Warner Brothers? Oh, I have no idea. Ah, probably not. Um, so nah. it's <laughs> but I did, uh, I did, on top of that, you know, being the first time going around is that we started our day later. Um, mm-hmm. Then you have to break for lunch because we did SAG. So you have to do those rules, you know, there's union rules you have to follow, sure. which is good. My producers were like, really, like, let's stick let's to the properly. rules. Yeah, you if know? you're going to do it, let's do this properly. Good. Exactly. Okay. I, Me, I'm just kind of like, we put in all the work that we need to do, but it's good that I have producers that keep me on track like that. Cause you don't want to be getting that reputation that you're working people to the bone and, and mm-hmm. stuff like that. You want it to be a very nice set. We, we filmed five eighths of a page that day. On your first day. On my first day, 17 oh my page script, three days to shoot or wow. four days to shoot day one, uh, five eighths of a page. I've got my hands on my head. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's mental were, were you going insane were you freaking out or were you just taking it all in your stride 
I kind of like. I was I was freaking out a little bit, but then I like talked to myself and like it's okay, we'll be fine, we'll make it up, we'll make it up. And <laughs> they pull me to the side, Elizabeth and Bentley, and they're like, "You gotta speed it up. Well, like, yeah. there's we can't have day two like this, you know." And and good, those that's what they're supposed to do. They're supposed to, you know. Yes. Yeah. Right. Okay. So, and obviously, you did make it up. And what what did, did you do differently then the second day that you didn't on the first? What was it that held you back? And um, I think the location change helped us a little bit because we weren't we were comp- I mean we were shooting upstairs and we moved furniture downstairs and stuff like that. I don't know why uh-huh. the the other locations you know we actually were able to set things up beforehand or you know not do as we picked the location better maybe so we weren't doing as much remodel quote mm-hmm. unquote you know set to set dress it was already kind of done how we want it we also had that full day to bond as a crew which always helps you know you always expect not to get as much done on the first day as you will all the other days because it's your first time working with everybody we're still getting acquainted mm-hmm. acquainted um but five eighths of a page is pretty terrible <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty terrible yes yeah but yeah did you get some good footage? <laughs> we did. We oh, did. Good. And, Great. you know, some of, half of it gets cut in the editing room anyway. But of we course. did get some really nice footage. And it was a learning experience. And I always say, like, my life has been learned by mistake. I literally have to make the mistake in order to learn, which is unfortunate in so many ways. Because it puts you through a lot of, like, stress or hurt or just, you know, kind of getting down on yourself. And you have to learn to give yourself some self-compassion and be like, it's okay. Pick it up. Move on. And uh, it's also great, though, because I tend to learn pretty fast. I'm like, oh, not making that mistake again. Absolutely. Day two. Yeah. <laughs> but I think it's it's great that you learned that then and you had experienced people around you to sort of go, come on, let's, you know, whereas if you'd just gone, I'm doing this on my own and you had an inexperienced DOP, you might not finish the short at all. And oh, you, right. And then Definitely. you might not have made the feature, you know, and suddenly you're going, ah. So mm-hmm. it's great to surround yourself with experienced people as much as you can always kind of hook on to the people who've done it before if you can i suppose oh yeah i mean i would say a mentor is the best thing you can have in this business somebody who's done it and knows where you're at and the stages you're going to go through and you know one that's not going to leave your side one that's really gonna yeah go through you from start to finish yeah which is great did you have that with elizabeth then um yeah she taught me so much on that set it was ridiculous and uh i i lent, like leaned on her so much you know she ended up setting up a meeting at a post production house called KO Creative in Beverly Hills mm-hmm. who she's worked with before and they did our editing for embedded and we okay. met them before we even started production because we needed to make sure we had you know the right hard drives what what our editors need to see when they read the script the script certain mm-hmm. shots and uh it just helped out so much and then i ended up spending all my time at ko in the editing bay with the editors just having the time of my life <laughs> and mm-hmm. it took us so long she's i remember christy kilday she's the um owner of ko creative president she was like why is it taking them so long to cut a short film? But it's because I was having the time of my life. I just didn't want to leave. I was That's sitting brilliant. there. I was laughing. I was looking oh, at the footage. I was in love. Yeah, you were literally like, oh, I'm, <laughs> I'm going to milk this and stay here as long as I can because this is something I've created. And look at it. Yeah. Yeah. That's and then totally. I, Christy ended up becoming my mentor. And she's the one that helped me with a couple projects in between 
the short to the feature, and she also helped me. You know, she executive produced Roads, Trees, and Honeybees, as well as produced it. And uh, my next movie, The Kiss on Candy Cane Lane, A Kiss on Candy Cane Lane, she did that one. So she became, like, my mentor in this industry and a really great friend as well. Some tough love here and there, but I just, you know, I wouldn't be where I am without them. That's really nice. the journey. I mean, I'm stuck. Be, I'm beyond grateful. And also with me, it's kind of what you see is what you get. Like, I don't hide myself that well. <laughs> and sometimes I make some, like, like jokes go over my head or it makes, you know, I say airheaded, like, comments. But I don't really know if it's airheaded. It's just sometimes things take a second to click. Okay. And then we just laugh about it. So it's also, you know, not being afraid of who you are. I'm not, you know, if I, I turn, I'm super pale and... I turn bright red or I blush like all the time. And then people say, you're blushing. And then I blush more. So it's just like this. I mean, that's who I am. Like put me in a meeting. That's you're going to get Stephanie, my personality to, to the fullest. And, you know, that's great, though. At least you can be yourself and you're not hiding behind uh, exactly. pretending to be the director or the writer or you're going, well, look, this is me, Stephanie. And this is what I'm I'm giving you me. So if you like me, great. But get let's get on board and let's go make some stuff. Yeah, um, I don't go walking in being like I'm the best. You know, I'm mm-hmm. gonna win an Oscar for this film or this or that. It's like no, you know, this is my first short film. I think it turned out really great. I did yeah. the best that I can with all the resources I have at this point in time. I'm ready for the next project. This is my next project. So passionate about it, and you know, you just people want honesty. I feel like as well. Yes. You know? Yeah, that's so true. That's so true. So you made the short. It did really well. You picked up some awards. Uh, and was Christy at that point saying, look, do you want to make a feature? How can I do it? How did it? How did you end up making the feature film Roads, Trees and Honeybees? So she, she sat down with me after I went on the tour for the festivals. I, could, I, was, I was under 25. I was like 23. Amazing. I think so. I, I couldn't. I couldn't rent a car so i had to drive cross country i didn't get to fly because i wouldn't have a car uh so i i love road trips though i had such a great time and yeah, then i got back chatting to, and, chatting to whoever's next to you though in this case it might have just been you so. oh yeah it was like my my own best friend on there absolutely chatting away having a conversation with yourself good music windows down i mean i was living life i was nice i was on cloud nine and then i sat back down with her when i got back and she was like you know any project you have going on, I would, you know, love to be a part of it. And I would like you to come to me and then, you know, we together we can figure out hopefully how to make it. And then I did, um, uh, I co-wrote and then I ended up directing a piece called Queens of the Jungle, which I actually acted into because I was like kind of still part like foot over here, foot over here. And it was a web series, digital web series. You know, it went to Warner Brothers stage 13. You know, wow. they didn't, they passed on it. So okay. that's just how it works. Um, but what I learned from that thing is, is that I I really want, I, I either have to do all acting or all directing at this stage. And that's what I learned from that piece. And I realized like directing is the route that I want to go. So that's great, though. You had that opportunity and you went, I'm going to attack this, but it's not for me. I'd rather direct. So, yeah, yeah, you kind of went, I'm going to put all my eggs into that basket and try to direct. And in the meantime, what were you doing for for work? Because at this point, obviously, it's very difficult to earn any money from short films and occasional promo. So what 
you know, for our filmmakers out there who are all going struggling during that time, what was what were you doing? What were you how were I you worked, surviving? Okay, I worked at a restaurant. Uh, it was a dinner theater. It was super fun. I also worked for a catering company um, who catered for like Warner Brothers and oh, Wow, that must have been weird. But now, you know, now I still do. I worked at I work at a restaurant. Okay, and I also work at a night. I want to say nightclub, but it's not. It's a members club. You pro- you might have heard of it. The Magic Castle okay. in Hollywood. Yeah. So it's kind of like the magic. You have the Magic Circle in London, I know, because we do. get a lot of... I know. I've been uh, there. I've actually been there. Yeah. Oh, oh, have you? Okay. Yeah. I did some filming there. I've got a good friend who's yeah, one of the, uh, the heads of the Magic Circle. I don't know what you call them. The... It's not like the vice president or thing. somebody. Yeah, absolutely. So we is it and... Mark James? He's he's. I don't know. He's the. the I know the one Mark guy James. Know. Yeah. Do you know him? I he's know Mark so James. Lovely. He's so funny. Him and his wife. I just. I love That's him. It's amazing. Yeah. Small world. Now I know Marvin Burglass, who runs Marvin's Magic, uh, and his dad David Burglass was the big head of uh, the circle for years and years and years. Yes. Um. All oh, right, and you do the one over there. That's incredible. That's yeah. Small world. I love so that. If you're ever in Hollywood, you know, stop by. I definitely will do for sure. <laughs> For sure, and yeah. anyone else who's about who's by come by and say hello, and uh, why not? So you, yeah, because that, that's really interesting for filmmakers. Like a lot of people put this sort of veneer on that they're just directors and that's what they do, but right. actually, a lot of them don't. They work in bars and restaurants and and not the magic circle, but you know places like yeah. that. And I think it's you know this taboo subject of you're a director, so therefore you have to write. No, no, we have to survive. I mean, I work the restaurant during the day and I work the nightclub at night, obviously. So then there's this window of time that I have, like, I have to make time to work on my scripts or my projects and stuff like that. Obviously, when we're going into pre-production. Yeah, but that must be hard, right? Because you're tired or you don't want to, you don't physically want to do it, right? Totally. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, there's days, I mean... You know, I started, I only worked the one job for, I, I worked like a waitressing job and then I quit when I got the castle. And then when I was deciding to do my feature after a long time, I was, I was looking at other people's scripts, trying to get them on board. It was just back and forth between contracts and yes, I want you to do my film. No, you don't. It should be a million dollar budget. I'm mm. like, not at that level. I can't give, I, I have no money for this project. I just need to get the script so that I can option it and then, you know, try to find investors for it. Like there's this process that goes around and people are very close to what they've written and stuff like that. So when all that wasn't working out, um, you know, I sat down with, with Christy and, and she was like, well, what, what do you think about self-funding and stuff like that? And I was like, I have no money. Like, you know, I work these jobs and just to pay my bills. And, you know, she encouraged me to pick up a second job in preparation for it. And so wow. that's what I did. So then I worked, you know, for a year and a year before we even started production to try to save as much money as I could, knowing that I'd have a little bit of a cushion, hopefully, and then, you know, investing the rest. That's so. fascinating. And that's really honest. And I love that, that you've said that. You kind of went, look, I've written this script. I, I want to make it into a feature. But for me to do this and actually take time off, I have to work double shifts to, to mm-hmm. raise enough money so I can go off and make my film. It's very commendable, very insightful. Thank you. So thank it you. was my 20s, I feel like. I was like, you know, no, I don't have a lot of friends that I go out and hang out with all the time. <laughs> I'm not spending my time 
you know, going on vacations, stuff like that. If I do take a vacation, it's usually home to see my family because mm. they're my, my everything. But, you know, my car is a 1996, like not buying new cars with this money I'm earning. Mm-hmm. I'm literally saving it because I want to do this film that bad. And I'm staying up extra hours at night, even though I am exhausted after doing a 14-hour day, mm-hmm. because I want to to do this that bad. Wow. You know? So how did you write it then? Where, well, where, where did the idea come from for Roads, Trees, and Honeybees, your debut feature? Um, this one's very personal to me. You know, mm-hmm. they always say, write what you know. So... You know, my parents are divorced. I've gotten the ability to know my mom and know my dad as people and not just mom and dad over the last couple of years, which has been really like, profound to yeah. see that they have mom and dad actually have lives, you know, <laughs> that they've lived. And so this is kind of more of a reflection of, of my life. Obviously, there's a lot of fiction brought in there. Um, you know, I like road trips, things like that. My mom mm-hmm. and I took a road trip out here when I was moving out. And uh, I just wanted to put all those things together. What I've learned through going things, people say, people people tend to tell me that I'm an old soul. And I say it's because I've been through a lot of different emotions and different chapters in life. And very quickly for, for being so young. And so I realized, like, life is sweet even though sometimes it doesn't go as planned. And this is something that I have to continuously remind myself because in the business or in stages of life, you're constantly hit with new challenges and new obstacles, just like making mm-hmm. a film. And, you know, that's where the honeybees come in for this. Roads, trees, and honeybees. It's, life is a road that you go down. Trees because it rhymes. And <laughs> the honeybees, you know. Because life, life is sweet. You just that's have to nice. have that perspective. And uh, so that's... That's what this movie was. And I, I mean, I wrote it when I found, when I was. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. I'm going to backtrack a little bit because I was going after somebody else's script. And it was co-written by two people. So they split it 50-50. So one person was on board. The other person was, like, not really on board. They're like, you have to convince him. He came into the office. I showed him my short film. He was military himself. He thought it was an accurate representation, and he was really impressed. So then he was like, yes, I want you to do this. So then now I'm like, yes, I have both of them on track. But then the other one starts to decide that, you know, maybe this isn't the route I want to go down or this or that. So it was just back and forth forever. So finally I was like, well, I can't keep going back and forth. I'm ready to do this. I'm just going to write my own. So I went back into my – it was Celtics at the time. Now it's Final mm-hmm. Draft, but Celtics. Yeah. Celtics <laughs> and, is a free platform. It's a free writing uh, software for those of you starting out. And why not? It's great. Oh, yeah. Yeah, super. Definitely. And uh, it puts it in the format and everything. I think Absolutely. you can publish it from there too, I like copyright so, yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so I went back and I started looking at some scripts that I had started but never finished. And I found the first 10 pages of Roads, Trees, and Honeybees. Wow. And I was like reading, I was like, this is pretty good. This is pretty good. And now <laughs> right. with this new life experience for me, I can actually put more into that. So then I just 
finished the script. Then um, I was going on the fence of investing in myself. Because, okay, you just know, you, ju- before, we, before you get on there, just yeah. jump back because there's so many people out there just went, sorry, you just finished the script. Um, oh, yeah. <laughs> because obviously what goes into that for you as a, and for them as a screenwriter, what is your process? How did you just bash it out when you had the time? Were you writing notes constantly? How many drafts did you do? It'd be really interesting to know. Okay, so well, they when I was in screenwriting school, they said your first feature you should just throw out. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, mm, oh, no, okay. I'm gonna film mine. <laughs> I, I did, and I, I filmed mine exactly. But um, I I come from the acting background, so when I'm reading dialogue that I've written, I will go back and read the scene, and if I can see it in my brain. And I can hear the way that they're saying it. I want the actors to say it. You know, the characters I feel like are in there. Then I know that it's a good scene and I can move on to the next one. Mm. So I don't necessarily write um, full treatments before I start writing a script. I write scene a scene. And then through that, I kind of learn who the characters are and develop with them throughout the writing process and throughout the story. So that's what I've found is the best for me. Oftentimes I'll write the beginning scene and I'll write, you know, the parts of the end and then fill in the middle. Wow. Okay. How they're going to get there. That's interesting. So did you find that you overwrote at times and thought, how am I going to get from, uh, you know, they're stuck in a, I don't know, a garage where they're filling up the petrol. And how do we get them out there? You know, was that sometimes stuck or were you kind of just free flowing a little bit? No, it's, it's funny because I like I write in restaurants. I actually wrote at the restaurant that I work at, you know, right. because they give me a discount. So they're very nice and they don't kick me off the table. They're like, you can sit there as long as you want. I see. That's so great. And that's because you're a lovely person that people are just going, yeah, no, no, we, we believe in you. you. That's nice. <laughs> yeah, good. Um, so I was like, sit down and do a, do a scene and then you'd see me kind of just stare off into space. And, and when I'm doing that, I'm thinking like, how am I going to, like, what do I need to connect this next one to? And then it just comes to you and you're like, oh yeah. Or another idea comes and you jot it down on a piece of paper and I'm crossing stuff off my list. It's, uh, yeah. And then once I'm done with all that, then I'll read it through and be like, okay, this is, this makes sense. This makes sense. All right. I need to add a scene in here because it just, it doesn't connect the way I want it to. Right. How, yeah. do, how many drafts do you think you did? Did you send it to uh, Christy quite a lot to develop it? Uh, I sent it to my friend, Ellen, uh-huh. uh, Ellen Hordstein. She works on many uh, studio projects and oh, stuff. Great. So yeah. she is great. I met her at a, friend, a mutual friend's birthday party and we just kind of hit it off. And so she read it through and she made some notes and um but she liked it she was like you know um there was one point in the movie she's like if i didn't like the movie and then i saw this scene i would have instantly liked it like that's the last thought i would have had and i was like okay interesting because you know everybody has a different cup of tea and Mm -hmm. uh nothing is right and nothing is wrong it's just is what it is so having her kind of go through my script and telling me that was really interesting interesting perspective and you know then i bring the script to christy and we she starts to budget it for me of how much she thinks that we can do it for and whatnot and it's so hard to find there were scenes in there that has gas station like they were full-on scenes but we mm-hmm. didn't we couldn't find a gas station that would let us shoot that yeah. was in budget or stuff like that there was also a grocery was it a grocery store in this one or can you can one of the two that mm-hmm. they wouldn't let us 
shoot in. Like, we couldn't find a place. It's very hard to find hotels like, yeah. uh, that they'll let you film in, you know, for reasons. Um, but it just, so many things got either taken out or rewritten or something like that when it comes to now here's the budget we can use and how are we going to make it happen. Right. So the script went through many changes on its own. I probably, I did it, revised it maybe t- twice before I gave it to Ellen and then one more time before I gave it to Christy and then multiple times when we were shooting. I mean, we thought we were going to have a location. Now we don't have the location. We need this scene because the development in it is important to the story. Now we have to figure it out with the locations we have. Amazing. Yeah, which sounds, it's very indie film. It's a very sort of, you know, I imagine it would just been like, right, okay, rewrite this scene. Okay, they just change the dialogue a bit, but still the story is the same. The feeling of the whole thing is the same. Uh, and that's what's important. So um, how did you exactly. raise the money then? How did you manage to go, right, I need to get this made? So, yeah, how, how did you manage to do it? Well, um, I I was like, I don't know if I can say this. I put it a lot on credit. I had no school debt. Um, I had excellent credit and I, you know, ran it into the ground and took on all that debt. And, you know, I make payments every single month for it. So, yeah, because it was in, it was shooting for 10 days and then it was in post-production for a year and a half. So all during that time, the money's, or the movie's not able to be making money. So that's why I'm still working the two jobs to kind of, you know, pay for the movie. That's, you know, it's what you do. If you have debt, you pay it. So yeah. Yeah. Uh, month by month, you know, that's what happens at this time. And, and then the movie came out on May 21st. And since then, it's been people have been watching it and renting it and buying it. And so that money will come back. The quarter closes at the end of June. There's a process and then you get paid. So you know, from now on, those are going to be easier and easier, lighter, lighter payments for me while the money, the money comes back in. Wow. So. Well, listen, uh, first of all, well, congratulations. In, in <laughs> very brave of you. Very. I know other people who have been on the podcast who, you know, uh, put the house on the line, remortgage the house or put it on credit cards. Yeah. And, it, it you know, it's nice that you're going, look, I'm going to do this and this is something I believe in. And you know what? This is kind of, you know, you'd only do that if you went to university anyway. You'd be paying off student loans forever and you kind of go, well, That's look. what I kind of look at it as. Yeah. yeah. I was like, that is kind of what it is. Yeah, it me. is what it is. How much do you, you can, do you want to say how much budget it was or it's totally up to you? Well, it's um, SAG ULB, ultra low budget. So it's under $250,000. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, that's just the, the status of it. But, yes. uh, you know, then you're constantly putting money in. Interest is rolling up. So I actually don't know what it's at right now, of the total amount that's been invested. Wow. Um, yeah. But okay. it was worth it. It was worth it. It's that's one of those things like yes. I thought about it beforehand and you're like, oh, this is how much you're going to be paying. If, if, it, if it doesn't make one dime, you're going to be paying off this movie, working the hours you're working for the next, like, six, seven years. And I'm like, Oh, okay. Um, but then, you know, you, you take on the task and once you're in it, you're in it, you know, I mean, I could, I guess, claim bankruptcy or give up or something like that, but that's not in me. And that's not what I want. You know, I know this film has a future. It just didn't come as quickly as I wanted it to, because it was in post-production. Post-production is a learning experience on its own. And Mm -hmm. then distribution and mm-hmm. i mean there's just so many steps in between the big steps that you're like 
This is this is why it takes a long time for movies to get out there from Absolutely. start to finish. And yeah. once yeah. you're in it, you're in it, though. And that's my thing. So I'm just like, I'm so proud of it. Uh, I yeah. know what went into it. I mean, blood, sweat, tears, <laughs> like, you know, harsh lessons learned, you know, saying, no, I don't want to go out tonight because I have to be up early the next morning because I have to go to work. You know, mm-hmm. I'm closing this place down. I'm opening the restaurant in the morning. I need my hours of sleep, you know? Yeah. And also, if you know you go out, it's going to cost you a little bit of money. Then mm-hmm. the next night you're going to be tired and not be able to write or be able to, you know, think about the post or think about whatever it is in that gap that you, you know, did. And it's a yeah. testament to anyone out there. You can go make your film if you want to, but it's not going to be easy. You know, that you're going to have to sacrifice things. Um, right. That might be going out for a couple of years. You can't do that for a bit. Well, buy new trainers for a bit. All right. If you want to be a filmmaker, here's Stephanie proving that you can do that. And she has one film out now and two more on the way. So it's, you know, it's inspiring. It is is possible. And, you know, I appreciate that it is inspiring to others. But I will say, you know, I'm lucky that I didn't have that college debt. I don't have children. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't have... It's me and my cat, Simon. So, like, we're kind of two peas in a pod. Like, he, he's spoiled. He gets everything he wants. But um, nice. it's kind of like I was able to make those sacrifices and still maintain my responsibilities, you yeah. know, to life. And so that's a thing. You know, you do some people putting their house, like, taking the mortgage out on their house or um, and I, another mortgage, things like that. And if you can do it and you choose to do it, but weigh all the options, you know, it's, that's why support is so great. Having people around you that support, because there were times when I've literally cried to my mom the whole time, <laughs> how tired I am. My body hurts. I want to be a kid. I, I'm envy, mm. envious of friends going out and just partying. I just like, I just want to let loose. And, you know, She's seen me through every single stage and she's def- definitely has helped me keep my head on my shoulders and just yeah. so that's, again, it's onward. Imp- yeah, it's important to have those people around you who, who can do that and hang on to those people who support you and, you know, treat them well as well. Uh, and they will treat you well. Um, so Road Trees and Honeybees, uh, mm-hmm. should we say what it's about? And I might play the trailer. Um, oh, cool. Shall I, shall I read the synopsis or do you want to do a, a short pitch? Are you used to doing a pitch or shall I read it? I was it? like, what synopsis did they give you? <laughs> uh, <laughs> why, why don't you go ahead? I mean, okay. I can say the log line. I've been saying that. All right. So you times, no, you but... do the log line because, uh, yeah, it's nicer coming from the, the writer than uh, me. Okay, okay. Well, Roads, Trees, and Honeybees is about a guy who abruptly quits his job, loses his family, and finds himself in a cross-country journey with a couple of college kids trying to find their purpose in life and their pursuit of happiness. I did it. I did it. What'd you do? I quit my job. Dude, Catherine's going to kill you. What? Why would you say that? Why would you just assume that I didn't run it by her first? I'm sorry, what? Where are you going? I am going to audition for Million Dollar Entertainer. What, you and the cool cat? I'm Sarah, and today I officially joined the rest of my generation by moving back in with my parents. Can I use your razor? Mine has some weird stuff on it. Dude, put some pants on. This is a business. What are you doing these days, Miss Business Administration and Management? I'm taking time to explore my options. This is crazy. 
can't go to a city like that by yourself. Whatever. I am going to California, so you better think fast. How you getting there? I have to go to California tomorrow, pick up my dad and move him back here. Do you know anyone going to California? Everybody in the car, LA, here we come. You're gonna nail this, Connor. Getting there is half the battle, look where you're at. I never really expected my life to turn out like this. People grow apart, it's just the way life is. You have to make the best of every situation. Just look at yourself, jobless, bearded, and divorced. I just wanna say thank you for coming to LA with me. I'm not going back. I knew Connor would stay, but why aren't you going there? I have nothing to go back to. Welcome to freedom. Is that what this feeling is? Freedom? Apparently nobody thinks we can make it into anything other than a band in my parents' basement. Well, you know what? I'm not letting any of you hold me back. Life is forever changing, and it's never too late to start something new. Amazing. Cool. <laughs> How was that? That okay. was pretty good. It was pretty good. Yeah, you're, you're a skilled um, person at saying that. So how did you manage to sell the film then? How did you get it out there into the world that people can now watch it right now? Um, how did you do that? So first you find sales agents, you know, mm-hmm. and or some kind of distribution. So you send out the trailer. And then if they like the trailer, like a bunch of mass emails, if they like the trailer, then they'll hit you up for a screener. So then you email them a screener. If they like the screener, you'll do a phone conversation or back and forth. And, um, you know, we got entertainment studios, which was set up through Christy, my mentor, you know, Mm -hmm. um, got uh, entertainment studios. They love the film. I'm so excited. They got it before we were even done with post. So we really are trying to get it ready so that they could have it. Um, and then they helped us secure the VOD platforms that it's on now. So it's on like iTunes, Amazon, Voodoo, DirecTV, Dish, uh, PlayStation, Xbox, just a bunch of those. Well, how does that feel? I know it must feel really nice. The fact that it's there now, you know, the, your, the, your labor, your hard work, your idea, your mm-hmm. passion is now available to people to watch. You're, you're a filmmaker, you know, you're a director. Yeah. It's surreal. It's overwhelming. I mean, people in my life who have seen it, you know, members of the castle or, you know, friends and family and my mom's friends and stuff, they give me such good feedback and it's really inspiring and amazing. And I'm like, thank you. Like, I'm so grateful you even took the time to watch it or rent Mm. it or buy it. Like, that means so much to me. You have no idea. And then when I start seeing things online where, you know, 50, 60, 70,000 people have watched a trailer or done this i'm like oh my god like real people (laughs) (laughs) it says it doesn't click in my brain yet because i'm just like that's that's awesome you know and like thank you i wish i could shake everybody's hand that have watched it and just thank them because they don't have to you know Mm. they choose to and i do feel like this is a great film to watch i do feel like it can inspire people of any age and it's got some great messages. Um, there's a lot of independent films out there that are in horror genres, and that's great, but this is something different. 
yeah. in that genre. And I I just feel like the whole world needs some more good news. Great. It's so cool. how would you then, I mean, it's, you moved on. Uh, it seems to be a, a Kiss on Candy Lane, your second feature film. I mean, yeah. this is, uh, look, it's, it's you've already uh, a second time movie maker, which is you've beaten, I think it's 85% of certainly women filmmakers out there i think it's i think it might be 80 percent of filmmakers out there who go on to make a second movie uh and you've already done that which is congratulations by the way you are a massive statistic out there thank you um, i didn't so even you... know that i'm in shock and i'm, bl- I'm blushing right now and sweating a little bit <laughs> <laughs> that's, a, that's cool thank it's you really cool no honestly it's a real achievement people realize how hard it is or the first film doesn't sell very well or you know you can't get money for the next one and you've done it and like say you're moving on to the third one already so uh, what did you learn or what did you bring to a kiss on candy lane that you uh, learned from the first feature what did you change about the way you direct the way you work with actors or what did you bring well what what happened was is um the trailer of roads trees and honeybees actually ended up helping us find an investor for candy cane lane you really? know they, wow, they liked okay. the trailer they were like yeah. this is you know good trailer good quality mm-hmm. uh nice nice shots good acting and then um you know they read a bunch of scripts and they ended up liking my script which is so grateful for you know and um then christy goes in producers go in and you know make the the deals and you know do all their business stuff which is amazing and then I, I came back from a trip and they were like, you're ready to shoot Candy Cane Lane? And I was like, huh? And they were like, yep, somebody, I was out of town. They were like, yeah, somebody uh, read your script and they want to fund it. And we're shooting two weeks from oh, tomorrow. And what? I was like, what? Huh? Sorry. And this is, you're yeah. shooting two weeks tomorrow. <laughs> so we got on it. I mean, I went oh to my both God. my jobs and I was like, look, guys, like I got to. I need to, I need tomorrow off. I need the the month off. And this prep. actually was uh, we shot Rose Trees and Honeybees August of 2017. We shot Kiss on Candy Cane Lane July of 20 uh 2018. Wow. And the That's reason the, I know yeah. this is because I got off all those days. My jobs mm. were great, but the one day they couldn't give me off was July 4th. Independence hey, Day. Sure. So um I did an overnight shoot on the 3rd. Went right from the shoot the next morning directly to work, worked eight hours, went home, fell asleep while the sun was still out, woke up the next day, which is our off day. Yeah. Like 24 hours later. Wow. I woke up and I was like, oh my God, I only slept for five minutes. And it's like, no, full other day. Full day. (laughs) Because we know what it's like on set. It's so tiring. You, 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 yeah, it hits you when you get home or you have a day. It just, wow, you need to sleep. Your body needs to shut down for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, that, listen, that's an amazing story. That's really cool. And so, so during the time of you in post-production, you were already writing A Kiss on Candy Cane Lane at the time. I came, I came off of Rose Trees and Honeybees set so high on filmmaking, so much. Like, I got to do the next one. Everybody wants to know what you're doing next. Like, mm-hmm. And I sat... Every day after work that I could on my off day, like the the days I only only worked one job and not doubles, I sat at the restaurant and I wrote and I wrote and I wrote and I revised and, you know, I was just on it. I think I wrote Candy Cane Lane in a month. Wow. That's great. I could see it in my brain. I was like, you know, I just felt I was excited. 
and it's, and it's a romantic drama set at Christmas, which means, and this good yeah. thing about Christmas movie, everyone, <laughs> is that it gets repeated every year at Christmas. It's Yay. it's something people buy up every year. So in 20 years' time, you'll still be able to see this on the, the Christmas channels and stuff. That's what's good about a Christmas movie is it, every year it comes out again. <laughs> it's like yeah. another release, <laughs> which is great. So Super where? Nice. Yeah. So obviously, you, like you said, you got a casting director on this one, mm-hmm. um, and you were able to sort of get actors, if you like, who had done more work with more of a background, a bit of a name. Did your investor need that? Did you and Christy say, "Well, look, if we get a bit more of a name, it'll be an easier sell"? Was that the idea behind it, or were you not thinking like that? Um, I'm not sure what kind of went on between her and the investor when they were signing the deals and, and making the process. But what I do know is that. Just in any movie you do, you know, you try to get some kind of name talent in your thing. It helps. It helps with the process of everything. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? And, yes. um, you know, we were able to do that. We got um, Jillian and we got George, which yeah, Jillian they did Murphy an and George Stoltz. Yeah. Yeah. They did a great job and it was really cool working with them. And, you know, I came on Candy Cane Lane. Well, one, I wasn't producing anymore. I got to tell you that I was not producing on Candy Cane Lane. I was strictly writer-director. Which, and to be honest, is probably quite nice, quite a relief. You're like, yep, I'm I, I, happily. I, I tell Christy all the time, I was like, I don't need to produce anymore. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, yeah. you know, the stress of producing, the things that producers have to do, it's just, I'm in awe of them. Mm-hmm. I just love them. I'm like... Yeah. The paperwork. Oh the God! You kind of like, why do you want to do that? Absolutely, yeah. It's it's tough, and I'm still doing it. But it's it's kind of. Like, but that's why you guys get those points. You know, you get paid. Like that's you guys. You deserve every single penny. I promise. Sure. Yeah, no, that's that's true because it is, there's no glamour in producing. That's for sure. Um, but you know. guys are the glue, and you know you bring the pieces to the table. You just you guys do a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Um, so. so okay so what did you learn for what mistakes you made on the first one that you sort of said I'm not going to do on this one um well we didn't have as many locations I don't think like Rose Trees and Honeybees we had everything we had green screen we had kid actors which has different rules we had animals which have different rules mm-hmm. um you know we had 18 locations only 10 days to shoot I think Candy Cane Lane we got 12 days to shoot uh, no rain machine, even though that rain machine in Rose Trees and Honeybees was the best day of my life. Did you love it? Wow. <laughs> it was okay, the great. best. It was so much fun. I mean, I was, <laughs> it was our last day of shooting and we just blasted the rest of the water and was like, I was dancing in the rain for sure. I was so excited. Man. And, and I feel like my, but we joke about this now, but you're we like Rose Trees and Honeybees, you really threw everything into that script. So you could just learn all these film lessons at once. Didn't mm. you? And I was like, yes. Um, so Candy Cane Lane, no green screen. Thank mm-hmm. God. Yep. Like, <laughs> mm-hmm. Green screen is very difficult. There's a certain way you have to shoot it. There's yep. a certain way that the post-production has to take care of it. And, I mean, it's just like, and there's money that needs to go into green screen. It's just, um, it, that was like a learning curve. But And Katie Kaylee, we had a snow machine, which was awesome. I got to tell you, it's not nearly as much fun as the rain machine. So <laughs> guess what's coming back in my next script? A rain machine. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Back to a rain machine. The whole thing's just going to be in the rain. <laughs> you might as well come to England and shoot it here. You'll be fine. <laughs> you oh, won't yeah. need one. <laughs> so A Kiss on Candy Cane Lane uh, mm-hmm. is in post now. You're, you're not far away from... It is delivery. in post. 
Yeah, it should be ready for deliverables soon. I'm not sure. I don't think that they've um, set up exactly what route for distribution that it's going to go out at yet. Uh, And then you have to go through quality control and stuff like that. Um, But I do, I still believe it is slated for a 2019 holiday release. Wow. Um, I hope so. You know, I think it's ready. It looks great. I'm excited for that one. It's just, you can tell, even my mom said, you know, you can kind of we can tell the growth from one to another. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And, yeah. and so can Christy and so can I, too. When, honestly, when I watch them, you just, you you can see the growth and just the more confidence on set and the more time spent and things like that. So I'm excited to make the next movies now. You know, every mm-hmm. every movie has gone up in budget and experience. Yes. And so I'm I'm ready for the next two. I have two movies that I'm in love with. I have lookbooks for and everything. I'm just right. like looking for the investor, you know, to give us the green light. And uh-huh. obviously I want them to go up in budget. And I also, you know, because I, I have more experience now. You know, you always want the next the next tier. Of course. Of course. For your and career. Absolutely. You made two feature films now. Congratulations. I can't wait to see a kiss on Candy Cane Lane. I'm very excited. Um, but Roads, Trees and Honeybees is available now around the world, everyone. So do go check that out. Uh, I'll put a trailer in the show notes so you can see it. But do support Stephanie if you can. And do tell us your where people can follow you on socials. Well, mine is McBain Entertainment. That's the Instagram. Okay. And uh, the other one is honeybee underscore movie. That's the Instagram for Rose Trees and Honeybees, the movie. So those are the two. On McBain Entertainment, we talk about the next projects coming up. There's a bunch of pictures from Candy Cane Lane. Um, And then A Night at the Dreslin and Love is a Wonderful Thing are my next two movies uh, that we're looking for the green light for. And so those will all be like updates on there. We'll be on McBain Entertainment. But yes, please go see Rose Trees and Honeybees. It's a really wonderful movie. I'm so proud of it. And, you know, independent film support, <laughs> family-friendly independent films. Yeah, absolutely. Do go support. And, and that's what this podcast is about. Uh, and we have lovely, lovely listeners who will do, do that. Um, they really enjoy finding these little gems that, you know, we talk about on the podcast. So absolutely. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, thank you very much for joining us uh, on this week's Filmmakers Podcast. We really appreciate your time, Stephanie. Thank you. Yes, thank you. And thank you for being so honest. Um, I've been Giles Alderson. You can follow me at Giles Alderson on Twitter or you can follow us at Filmmakers Pod uh, on Twitter as well. And if you want to get in touch and be on the show, you have a film that you have made that is being released right now or has been released in the past, get in touch with us and you could be featured on this show too. And if you've enjoyed this, tell your friends, spread the word. That's how we thrive and survive. And go out there and make your film. Take a leaf out of Stephanie's book. Be inspired um, and go do it. Um, I am going to go join the magic circle and um, <laughs> hopefully uh, learn something along the way. Um, yeah, and if you do do well and rise up, remember it's your duty to send the elevator back down. Until next Tuesday, take care and carry on making your film. Stephanie, take care and bye-bye. Bye-bye. Thank you very much. <laughs> See you all, everyone. Take care. Bye. Bye. This was a podcast from the Podfix Network. You can check out more shows like it at podfixnetwork.com.